Hey there, friend, and welcome to the Self Love for Breakfast podcast, where we have honest conversations about health, wellness, self-care, and of course, self-love with amazing women who aren't afraid to give it to us straight. Real life, real advice, and no BS. I'm your host, Crystal Rose, and today I'm serving self-love for breakfast. Hey there, friend. Welcome back to the self-love for breakfast podcast. I'm your host, Crystal Rose, and I'm so excited today. We have an amazing guest. I cannot wait for you guys to meet her. Her name is Elena Armio. She is a professional, she was a professional opera singer turned professional certified coach. So cool. She's the founder of the C-Suite Collective, and it's a one-stop shop that supports women in the workforce by providing resources to succeed from the inside out. And she's also the host of the podcast In a Manner of Speaking with Elena Armio. Elena, welcome. Welcome to the Self Love for Breakfast podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Crystal. I'm so excited to be here. I am pumped that you're here. So we like to start out with a little initiation we call goals, gratitude, and badassery. Mm. So right off the bat, what are your current goals or like your biggest goal right now? My biggest goal right now is getting um, five companies that will sign up with the C-Suite Collective to change culture from the inside out for a year. So, uh, yeah, we just launched as, as you mentioned in November of last year, and, uh, this is really our pilot year. So everything is about like, what can we do and learn and grow with C-suite executives all over the world to change culture from the inside out. And really what that means is creating diversity and inclusion Mm -hmm. and belonging, but creating it from a holistic approach where everybody gets supported for you know, a long time versus one conversation. Yeah. And like, hopefully getting rid of that whole, like, ugh, corporate, like stigma. <laughs> yeah. Like miserable to work there. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Recreating culture from the top down where people are actually invested in being there, which comes from your leaders opening up those doors and having those conversations. Absolutely. Love it. Uh, gratitude. What are you grateful for? Oh my gosh. I'm so grateful for my home. Um, Aaron, my guy, Aaron, and I moved to Los Angeles about six months ago and he's a, he's a Jersey boy and I'm originally <laughs> from New Mexico, but was in um, New York with him for 14 years and we oh, wow. just relocated to Los Angeles. And so I'm so grateful like towards the, what I'm hoping is the end of the pandemic Um, we just have this beautiful space where we can both create and do our own businesses from home and the dogs are happy and there's space and there's sunshine and the weather, (laughs) the weather. I mean, I'll tell you what, right now I am, I'm very excited that I am not in 10 degree weather in New York. Amen. Yeah. Amen. I grew up in New England and I do not miss That one bit, not one bit. Yeah. So I'm very grateful for that. I think it sources me in a way I didn't know I needed. Oh yeah. Yeah. And badassery. So what is something you are proud of yourself for um, that you've done recently or that you think is pretty badass? What have I done that's badass? Um, Well, I guess it's launching this company. I mean, (laughs) I've been a coach now for eight years and my private practice was going really, really well that I launched 
you know, a half a million dollar company at the end of the pandemic. That seems, and, you know, as a woman and, and talking about, you know, equity gaps and all those things, it's like, wow, okay. Looking back, I can say that was pretty badass in the middle of everything we've gone through to say, no, we're going to do this and we're going to launch it and it's going to be successful. It was a big deal. I love it. Yes. Yeah. So, so talk to me about this. Like where was your coaching? Mm-hmm. How did you make this like transition into this business? Like where does this like passion come from? Yeah. Well, I, as you mentioned before, I was an opera singer for about eight years. Yeah. How does that happen? I always ask myself a, a little girl from New Mexico <laughs> that came up and, you know, sang around the world. I think, you know, just for a long time, my parents really supported music and supported me uh, expanding into whatever I wanted, which was hard for my dad. You know, my dad is pretty traditional in Latin and he was sort of always the guy that was like, okay, but how are you taking care of yourself? Mm. And my mom was was really like, go fly, go fly into the world and and have your dreams and experience life. So I just kept singing because people uh, paid me to sing. If I'm being really honest, I just kept showing up because they kept saying, okay, you're great at this. Yes, yes, yes. And I got my undergrad paid for that way. I got my master's paid for that way. Then I went to New York and I started, uh, pretty early on, on the path that most singers, uh, opera singers do in New York and people just kept saying yes. So, you know, I was young and I was, um, I had a chip on my shoulder, meaning I really wanted to prove my worth to the world and prove that I could. And unfortunately, where that led me to was Burnout City. You know, like I was eight years in and I was on the road, I think four years straight, I was gone 10 months out of the year. Wow. Yeah. And I was, you know, living out of my suitcase and missing important events in people's lives that I cared about. And I had to really sit down and say, okay, if I stay in this career, I know what's going to happen in the next 20 years on some level, although I probably couldn't have predicted the pandemic. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, you know, I, I know where I'm going and I'm not happy. I don't like this. I I should be happy. There was a lot of shoulds and need to and have to in my space and a lot of guilt about I, you know, I came from New Mexico and I'm doing the thing and you can't quit. Like there's so many other people that want to be here. Mm. And I really had to take a moment and just get honest with myself that music was the thing that my heart loved, but I never intended to make it a business. And so that was eye-opening. And I had to work with a coach myself to kind of uncover all the reasons I I took on singing to begin with. And so through some mm-hmm. deep work, I fell in love with coaching. And uh, I never, ever expected to find something that I loved as much as music as I did coaching. So that's how I ended up in the coaching world. And I love it. <laughs> haven't looked back since. Yeah. I love it. I like how you said, you know, and this is like, this has been my experience as well. And I see this with a lot of women, high achieving women, right? Like you become, you start hustling for your worth. It's Mm -hmm. no longer, you know, you have something to prove and then there's Mm -hmm. always a moving target and the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. And I just like, it's never enough because you're trying to fill this like need externally. And then you end up burning out because Mm -hmm. it's just, you, you, you just don't stop. You just keep going and you never are able to sit and be like, ah, this is good. I like this. Like I built this or I did this or I'm proud of myself. You're just like, gotta go. Keep going. Keep going. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Happens with a lot of women. (laughs) Yeah. And I think that comes from our backgrounds, right? You're it's, it's sort of this 
in my family, at least it was, I watched my mom work two jobs and Mm -hmm. prove herself to the world as well. You know, so I think it's generational that it's handed down. Sure, yeah. And you can go back to when we were talking about how women need to have families and careers and do it all. And I think uh, I think we're starting to see more of a evening out, I hope, for men mm-hmm. and women, where it's so much more now about well-being and balance and are you healthy and do you like what you're doing mm-hmm. versus um, just make it work because you need yeah. to. Yeah. I don't think we ever really considered well-being like from the get-go. It wasn't like, oh, let me just abandon myself. It was like, I got to do this thing. I've got to win. I've got to keep going. I got to prove myself. I want to, you know, work just as hard, work really hard, blah, blah, blah. And then it was, and then it's like, um, um, what, uh, <laughs> I don't have time. And then it becomes, I don't yeah. have time. I don't have time to take care of myself. I don't have time to spend, you know, with the people that I love. Um, and it's become like this, this almost like this like afterthought house of cards type thing where it's like, if I stop now and I start to take care of myself, everything mm-hmm. I've built will just fall apart mm-hmm. when it's the opposite is true. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. We are finding that. I like what you said um, about, you know, the passion, having a passion for singing Mm-hmm. And it, you never really intended to like monetize it. It just kind of happened. And I think that's another kind of thing that high achieving women mm-hmm. do is we're like, oh, I'm good at this. Like I could sell it. I can make more money, you know, money off mm-hmm. of it. And like, while that is great, the ambition. And like, if you really do love both together, amazing, but something should just be for us. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. 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 That's beautifully said. Yeah. And I think about, wow, when I think about all the things that are just for me in the world, first of all, I don't think I have enough. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to go back and recreate my list. But um, even when I met Aaron, you know, I had to explain to him salsa dancing because for me, salsa dancing was for me. Mm -hmm. It was like when I was singing opera, I had to be good at opera. Right. But I didn't have to be good at dancing. Yeah. And so I could go to the club and just, you know, dance for four hours straight and get cardio in and sweat. And um, it was sort of just a way to be expressed. And then I could leave and there was no pressure. Nobody knew each other's names. You didn't have to give out your phone number. You didn't have to do any of that stuff. You just went and you danced and you left, which I loved because that was for me. I love it. Yeah. I don't think I don't have enough of that. I, I really genuinely don't even know what I like to do anymore. I've realized that I'm like, I love working so much. Like I really do because mm-hmm. I get to be creative and it's really exciting. Um, but those days where I'm like, I'm not working today, like that we're just not going to do that. And then I'm like, well, I don't know what to do with myself. <laughs> right. Is that sad? It's hard. It, well, I think it's normal. I don't think it's sad. I think it's like, there's a lot of us out there that are like that. And, and it's worth slowing down and taking the time because you're right. If it's just work and you're not actually connecting with yourself, that's hard. That, that certainly caught up with me in the upper world. Yeah. Yeah. We'll figure it out eventually. I'm sure. <laughs> now that I, now that I'm like, my, my listeners know I'm going down from having two businesses to one. So like, ah, so you're going to have plenty of time now. <laughs> we'll have some space. Yeah. And I like traveling the world, but obviously the pandemic has yeah. put a little, put a little pin in that, but we're, we're ramping up again. So that'll be good. So your coaching now, what kind of coaching was this before you, you moved into what you're doing now? Or is it the same? Like, are you doing like something similar? You're just now moving into like this big daddy kind of like corporate world or or what yeah. does that look like? 
Well, when I started out, um, I did my coach training program, which is really a transformational program um, mm-hmm. that, that I took and accomplishment coaching for anybody who's interested and in taking a look at them out there. But they, uh, the first three or four months, you're really working on yourself. And so I still resisted. I was like, yeah, I like coaching, but I'm here to fix myself as fast as possible. Right? <laughs> like, Again, give, me the, give me the cliff notes. notes. Right. Give me the cliff notes. Let's yeah. go. Let me fix myself. And by month five, I think I fell in love with coaching um, as as an industry and a profession. Mm-hmm. And what I love about coaching uh, is that you can sit with somebody and really trust that person across from you to know all the answers for their life and that you are just holding up a mirror and supporting them in their journey um, towards what they're what they're creating. So so when I first started coaching, you know, I remember when I when I charged five dollars a cup of coffee for a coaching session, oh you know, because I just wanted to practice. Yeah. And I'd sit with people and practice coaching all different types of friends and family. And, you know, that was when I was studying. And then when you move into building a client base, I thought, well, I'll coach creatives because that's, you know, a natural progression. Mm-hmm. Like I know music, I know creatives, I can coach them and it'll go well. And I soon found out I was not great at coaching creative people <laughs> because, <laughs> because I had all these stories, right? And I couldn't stay off the court and I couldn't really let them do their work. So mm. with my opinions and my thoughts. So then I started experimenting with coaching lots of different styles and different types of people and eventually found my, my way into the corporate world. And what I found is that with leaders who mm. are you know upper level management or middle level management, I would bring a boldness to that space that uh, that was welcomed, you know, because everybody is is pretty bold and yeah and driven in those spaces, but they'd forgotten their creative edge. Mm. So this was the other piece that I bring as a coach is I really can go into those rooms and bring a new idea or a new approach to maybe something that they've forgotten about themselves. I love that. Um, yeah. And so that, that ended up being a really successful space for me. And and so from there, you know, it was four or five years of working with executives privately and then moving into group coaching and trainings mm-hmm. and development. And through that work, uh, about the last three years, I really fell in love with, um, diversity and inclusion work. And it's, it's been a part of my life, my whole life. I, I am biracial, and I like to say that I live in the messy middle. You know, mm-hmm. my my mom is white and my dad is Latin. And I've learned a lot about myself through coaching, about the ways that I exist in the world or show up um, to either stay safe or to get ahead. Mm-hmm. And that really fascinated me. So I've I've done a lot of training and just grew a lot in my knowledge, which I still feel like I have so much more to learn. In oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'll never stop learning, right? Yeah. But a strong desire and commitment to change this for uh, people of color and marginalized people, meaning change their experience of, of corporate America, also change the what's happening in terms of inclusion and equality in those spaces mm-hmm. and providing more support and services to people that uh, just have never had access to it, like coaching. Yeah. So that's kind of how I ended up where I am. And um, I love it. I love that. I love that. I like how you're saying how like this certification, cause I had a very similar experience where mm-hmm. you work on yourself first. Like mm-hmm. this is, you can't be holding all of this other people's stuff if you aren't able to go inward and do it for you. 
And so mm-hmm. I think that speaks volumes of your work because you've been able to do that work with yourself. I mean, they're the coaching space is, I think it, it, when you are in it, it seems like everyone's a freaking coach, right? Like, yeah, right. <laughs> everyone's a damn coach. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, that's not true, but like you end up following coaches and you see coaches everywhere. Mm-hmm. And so it like becomes like, oh my God, everyone's a coach. And then you get to see how different people are in their coaching. And like, there are people who haven't even bothered to work on themselves. They just see like dollar signs. I'm going to do this you know, or they're not in integrity. Like I've done this. Let me take you there too. It's like, I haven't done this, but I can help you do this. And it's like, oh my gosh, no. (laughs) So I love. Amen. Yes. You're so right. Stand for those credentials. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's very important. Yeah. I love that you're in integrity that, yeah, no, it is really important. And, and it's, I, before I, you know, cause I do embodiment coaching, transformation coaching. Yeah. And I work with corporate leaders and business owners, entrepreneurs, and because I was one. (laughs) Yeah. So so I get it. Um, But before this, I did nutrition coaching and it was the same thing, right? Like, how can I tell you or, you know, guide you through something I haven't Mm. done or tried myself or been willing to, you know, do with myself, Mm. but there are a lot of people out there. And so I, you know, how do you how do you get it out there that you're the real deal? You know, because there's a lot of smoke and mirrors. Like, how do you, I mean, obviously you get to be genuine and, and all of that. Hopefully people yeah. resonate, you know, but have you, no, have you struggled with that or? You're, that's a great question. And I love where you're looking because you're right. I think the stats were in 2020, I'm not going to, I'm going to get these wrong, I'm sure, but it was something like 1.6 million coaches in the world in 2020. Mm. And by 2021, it was up to 2.6 million. Like wow. that's how many people joined the industry, right? Wow. In that year. So it is a it is a booming profession. And I I do think that we are in a time period in history where there's a bit of a bubble. And I do think the bubble will pop eventually. Mm. Um, but that being said, you are right on the nose with people that that actually train and get the real skill of coaching. So um, I find a lot of what I do in the world is educating people. Like some people don't even know the differences between therapy and coaching and consulting, right? And they think it's all one thing, which why would they know any different? This is a new profession. Right. But because we're not licensed, I do think that there's a lot of muddy water out there and you have to be really careful with who you hire to work with you. Um, So my credentials are always out there for people to see. And I don't think that leading with credentials is a, great place to start either from a conversation around coaching, but they do help, you know, all seeing all the coaches on the C-suite collective being certified through the ICF or some level of, Mm. you know, uh, credentials that are, that exist from schools that are reputable. Yeah. It has been a big deal. So I think that's important having, being a part of the International Coach Federation, also super important to start supporting our career developing in the realm of how, you know, professions develop. Uh, but the other thing I'm trying to think, how else do I meet clients that know that I'm serious or that I'm worth it? Is It's more about, I think that they can tell when they're in a room with somebody who's done the work to become a master at their craft mm. because there's a, a breadth and a space and a reverence for the process that exists where they can really see themselves. So it's almost like it stops becoming about me Mm -hmm. (laughs) completely in that space, right? Like it's not about whether I'm a good coach or not or what I can do for them. 
It's about, do they see themselves in the mirror to be able to do the work they want to do? And that's how I think they know they're in a good spot with someone. I love that. I love that. Yeah. I just know people who are like, yeah, my friend, blah, blah, blah is a life coach. Right. And I'm like, yeah. it's like this weekend yoga cert type deal, you know, where they just got it and like yeah. hearing yeah. the stories of how this person treats other people. I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah. What? No. Like, oh There's my. a lot of that going on. And unfortunately for, yeah. 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 And like, this is, and this is not the dog on other coaches, but I do think it's important to talk about it. Like that there's, there's a lot of fluff out there. There's a lot of stuff out there. And there are people who are not willing to do the work on themselves or not willing to invest in mm-hmm. continuing, you know, their education or hiring mentors for themselves to continue to do the work and go deeper. Cause we don't, you don't fix yourself. And exactly. <laughs> right? like, we don't need to be fixed. Um, exactly. But there's always work to do, which is well, exciting. I, I guess that's another marker, right? You're you're so it's such a good point because if you meet somebody who's not hiring those professionals, mm. I would get very concerned. Uh, <laughs> Meaning, like, I have a coach, I've had a coach for eight years. I will mm. probably always have a coach as long as I'm coaching. I have a therapist, right? So I have support structures that help me because I know if I'm not doing my work, my clients won't have access to it, just like you just said. Right. right? Right. But I would say, ask the people you're working with, are they actually working with other people too? Yeah. That's so important. Have you, have the same, have you had the same coach for that long or have you kind of hopped No, around? I've, uh, let's see, she's my third coach. So, you know, I, I do tend to stay with mine for a longish period, mm-hmm. but then when it's done, it's like, okay, what's next? What's my next breakthrough that I want to work on? And I like it. I, I like it. I think there's like, you know, you got to be careful with like, cause the, the whole worth thing, right? Like hustling for your worth. Mm-hmm. Like there can be like, you sign up for 8 billion programs and yep. things because you like are mm-hmm. trying to like, mm-hmm. you know, fix yourself. Um, yeah. And then it's coming from that space of like, no, I just want to continue to deepen my knowledge and, and my skills um, and then work with people who can reflect back Yep. know what I, what I need to do or how I need to be. And, and it's a beautiful thing, but yeah, I think that investment being willing to invest in yourself as a coach, when you're telling people to invest in you is definitely. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> Important. Mm-hmm. Cool. So I love that. I love, I, and I love the diversity and inclusion and I want to like circle around back to that because it, it yeah. is really important. I think it's important for people to not just like feel like see themselves represented and like, you know, in roles, especially like C-suite roles, but like mm-hmm. to feel like they're welcome and belong, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. in, in, in every aspect. And, and I think that when you are the majority, I hate like majority minority, cause it's like, what does it even mean? But like, you know, when you are like yeah. the status quo, mm-hmm. um, half these, you know, half the time you're not even aware of your biases. Right. And so you just see nothing wrong. Like how many times have we looked at like a marketing campaign and we've been like, Oh my God, how did no one catch this? Like, (laughs) yep. What, (laughs) you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and it's because there's no, maybe there's no diversity of, uh, color, race, um, age, gender, but also like a thought. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Which is important when making decisions that affect lots yeah. of Yeah. Well, and the conversation that I've been having a lot with those leaders has been, um, you know, 
so often people bring me in and they say, you know, we need this to change. We need our culture to change. We need to hire more diverse people and we need to create a space for them where they feel brave. That's kind of like the starting point that most Mm. people come at with, uh, you know, start speaking to me with. And what I would say to that is, yes, it is about those things, but it's also about, are you willing to be in a conversation all the time around growth and development Mm. and not getting it right? Because most people want to, you know, bring something in that's going to change something immediately. And I had to learn this the hard Mm. way, actually. You know, I started a scholarship program for a company recently, and I was so upset that it wasn't going faster. Mm, And I was like, look, we just need to get these resources to people, and we need to make sure that they have access to coaching, and it needs to be a thing. And I was really adamant to just get it going. And the people that I was working with were mainly white, uh, a lot of them. And what I noticed is um, my my own desire to have it go quickly instead of being in relationship with people mm. was a very privileged point of view, right? To say like, oh, we can go faster and we can do this quickly. And so I always remember that. It was a great learning moment for me because um, when I go into spaces and especially uh, people that are that are white passing or white are wanting things to go faster, I can remind them, hey, this is actually part of the process is it's going to go as fast as it goes with doing the work that we need to do, which is being in those tough moments where you're getting feedback around how you've been or learning about a blind spot Mm. or relearning how you could say something differently for somebody. And those are all moments I think that are going to be moments over time instead of a system to get it right. Yeah. Yeah. I think the avoidance of those moments usually lies in like shame, right. For getting it wrong in the first place mm-hmm. and then feeling like, Oh, I suck, you know? And then like not wanting, you know, trying to save face mm-hmm. <laughs> and that just mm-hmm. makes things even worse than just mm-hmm. being like, Hey, listen, you know what? Like, I don't know how to say this, right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I need, I need to, you know, either, have help in, in learning how to say this right or do this right correctly. Um, or I need to figure it out. Or I need to make some mistakes and mistakes yeah. are okay too. And clean them up. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Clean it's them okay up. To just, it's meaning like it's okay to make a mistake. You just got to be willing to clean it up after you've yeah. made it. And I think that's, that's a big piece is the permission to, to make the mistake and then come back to the table. Yeah, I think that's really important. Owning your shit, mm-hmm. basically. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, yep. Because it, yeah. yeah. And, and that's where the shame comes in. I think it's like hard for people to want to own it. And just, it's hard to yeah. own something. I mean, like I messed up. Mm-hmm. Now what? Mm-hmm. Right? And then it's more like, no, I did not mess up. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but, you know, if you're going to be a good leader, um, that's part of it. It's not just about being like, follow me, you know, like leading mm-hmm. the way. It's like, no, you got to be open. You got to be open to feedback and, mm-hmm. and you got to be open to making mistakes. Oh my goodness. I make mistakes constantly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All of us, all of us do. Human. Yeah. Welcome to humanity. <laughs> welcome. Welcome. No, I love that. I think it's really important. I think, you know, during the pandemic, like when there were, you know, the, I think it was like the put up or show up or put up or something. when, when, I can't remember the name of it. Um, when people were having to show like what their leadership looked like and what the breakdown mm. was, you know, people of color and whatnot. And it was like, 
some people it was like, oh, okay, that's awesome. That's really impressive. You know, and others, it was like, whoa, okay. <laughs> figure, you know, figure that out, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's like, you know, it's an important thing, like, especially if you're starting a company coming from that place of like, it's not even like for me, for example, I owned a boutique, right? And it wasn't about diversity for the sake of diversity and inclusion for the sake of inclusion. It was like, which is really hard to do because women come in like every shape, size <laughs> and mm-hmm. shade, right? Mm-hmm. But to be like, I want a woman to look at my stuff and and not, and then feel like, hey, I belong here. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. not feel like, oh, I, I don't belong here. I don't see anything that even resembles right. me or feels like me, right? And I think that- right. When we boil it down to just basic humanity of, hey, you're welcome here mm-hmm. and, and and creating an environment that feels welcoming, not just mm-hmm. like, no, I said you're welcome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, there's a difference mm-hmm. between like really embodying that and being like, no, 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 you're welcome here, period. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. So good. <laughs> yeah. I love that. I love that. And I mean, I think corporate, corp, the corporate world has a lot, a lot <laughs> to, to work on, you know, and I think the pandemic again shone a light on just like people don't want to do it anymore. They don't want to work somewhere. They don't feel valued, you know. The but it's really shown us that, yeah. yeah. And they don't have to now. It's like, oh, I can work mm-hmm. from home, and I don't have to, you know, all the a lot of the limitations I think that were keeping people from moving on and have been removed. Yeah. I have a lot of hope for our future because I think that these last couple of years have had a slow way down and think about what we really want. And it's also shown um, where we thought businesses were, were maybe not going to be powerful in terms of having different structures and mm-hmm. different ways of working. Uh, you know, there were some businesses that did not survive for sure, but right. there were ones that actually thrived and, and did very well. And um, those businesses, I think, have been the ones that have pivoted quickly and were able to have a conversation with people to meet them where they're at mm. instead of sticking by the old way. Yeah. We got we to gotta be willing to evolve and adapt and not just, mm-hmm. well, this mm-hmm. always worked. You know, mm-hmm. that doesn't even work for exactly. relationships, right? Like I've been with my husband like 10 years and <laughs> it's what, true, worked, right? what worked in year two it does not fly today. <laughs> Isn't that so funny? Erin and I are in a similar conversation of reinvention and we're like, mm, you're six. Okay. Time for reinvention. <laughs> yeah. Like let's, you know, this isn't, this isn't working. Let's, let's figure something else out. <laughs> yeah. I love it. So we like to end things with um, this. So how do you eat self-love for breakfast? How do I eat self-love for breakfast? <laughs> what a good question. You know, I'd like to say that I have uh, beautiful, like, morning routines that are all the same, you know, yeah. that I'm 100% <laughs> on it every day with my gratitude list and my journal. And and I'm not. That's the, that's the real answer. Um, so I think how I eat self-love for breakfast every day is I wake up and I ask myself what I need, which is... Um, not something I did for a really long time in my life. I'm turning 41 uh, next month, actually. I'm very excited. I, I'm always excited about my birthday because- When's your birthday? March 16th. I am March Pisces. 13th. 
Oh, there you go. See, we're in the same house. <laughs> <We> yeah, <are. laughs> yeah. And I just I, I love birthdays because I think they represent so much growth and um, the ability to look back and see your journey and where you've come, how far you've come from, yeah. and the. So, so I'm highlighting that question because for a long time, if you can imagine, if I'm turning 41, like for like 35 years, I never asked myself what I needed. And so it's really uh, a luxury to me to wake up every morning and mm-hmm. be in a mind frame that I could say, what do I need today? And every day it's different. Some days it's a you know tea or some days it's a run. Some days it's, I need more sleep. Some days it's, I need to cancel my day and go outside. But allowing myself permission to ask myself that has been um, a tremendous act of self-love. Yes. I love that. And I love that you don't have regular morning routine. I don't either, but you know, like that whole, like, what's your morning routine? What's your morning routine? Like if I do your yeah. morning routine, like everything, I'll be successful. Like, no, no, not if you hate it. <laughs> exactly. if you don't want to do it. Like, no, no. And, and that's such a simple thing too, to ask yourself every day. And that's something that I've, I probably said on here on this podcast and something that like I tell mm. my clients, you know, like just mm-hmm. what do I need today? What do mm-hmm. I like in my body, not in my brain, like in my body, like what is it that I need mm-hmm. and how can I give that to myself today is like the most powerful thing. I think that little question changes the whole day. Yeah, it does. Love it. I love it. Elena, where can my listeners find you? Okay. Let's see. You can go to my website at elenaarmijo.com. You can go to the C-Suite Collective website, which is the c-suitecollective.com. Or you can come visit me on my podcast, um, In a Manner of Speaking with Elena Armijo for some more, you know, leadership thoughts. Love it. Thank you so much for coming on today. I have like just really enjoyed this conversation and you and your energy and all of it. So good. Thank you. You're amazing. I had fun. If this episode hit with you, please go out there and share it. Share it in your Instagram stories, send it to a friend who might need it, or even just drop in my DMs on Instagram at Rose and let me know what you think. I love hearing from you guys. Thanks for listening.